1: of our two-hour extravaganza. Two minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, Monday through Friday. You want to get involved in the program? Well, we'll have some open phones here, 844-843-6879. Again, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. 843 6879 Might be easier just to send a tweet at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Good day for uh, players last night, or at least it should be. Uh, because uh, what was supposed to happen for the most part did, especially in the NBA, where uh, John Wall and the uh, Houston Rockets well, that sounds weird to say, doesn't it, beat Washington, as we told you they would do yesterday. Wall facing his former Wizards team for the first time at 24 points, as uh, Houston pulls away in the fourth quarter, wins by double digits. Wall goes for 24, so the over-prop that we just absolutely, boy, I I, I wish there was one of these every single night. I really do. There's got to be some where it's not Going to come through. I understand that, but you know, again, as we talked about first hour, for the sharps, you know, the wise guys, or, you know, the the mopes out there, I'll call them, You the know, wise guys, sharps, my ass. So uh, they don't know anything more than I do. Believe me, you come to me. All right, you you want a winner, you, you come to me. So. I wish there was one of these every single night where it was absolute, not necessarily because the Rockets won and they covered going away, just because of all the buttons were pushed for a Houston play last night. It doesn't happen often. It really doesn't. And it doesn't, you know, you don't get former players playing former teams, you know, that often every once in a while, or you don't get teams that have played, you know, four straight games against a team that's off for a few days or whatever the scenario may be. Um, It it just doesn't come up that often. But last night we had one of those, to make a long story short. You had John Wall... Now with the Rockets, after spending, what, 10 years or so with uh, with the Wizards, facing his former team for the first time. And it doesn't have the same effect second or third time. The first time, that is the key. Even without fans in the stands. And the Rockets win 107-88. Wall again goes for 24. His over-under was 20 and a half. It's not like he flew over it. I get that, but still, he, he went over it. So, man, those are just great, great betting opportunities. So, hopefully, you cashed in. So, the Rockets were supposed to beat the Wizards, and they did. You know, the Hawks were supposed to beat the Clippers, uh, and they did because the Clippers were playing without Quiet Leonard and Paul George, and we've seen many, 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 many times seems in those spots still, you know, perform well and win as the reserves come in and, uh, you know, they play well for a game or so. But not the case last night as the Hawks win by 9-108-99. Uh, and then you had the Jazz last night, you know, riding an eight-game straight up and against the spread streak. They've covered eight straight, which is unheard of. When you think about all those being wins. Underdogs, wins kind of thrown in together, okay. But eight straight wins and coverage. I mean, you got to play the Jazz last night, right? And lo and behold, they're trailing by one early fourth quarter. And they rally and they win and they cover. One away to 94. So they cover the 11.5 or 12, even if you got in late on FanDuel 12. So what was supposed to happen... Did happen in the NBA, and it just doesn't happen that often, uh, especially three games. You know, one game, yes, but you only had three games on the board, and I guarantee you, the public was on the Hawks, on the Rockets, and the Jazz. i uh, breaking it all down on this uh, Wednesday morning, six minutes past the hour, uh, as we come down the home stretch here. College basketball, as well. You know the Dookie Pukies. How many people real outside of me? How many people really thought they were going to lose the Georgia Tech? Right? I, I am sure. The public sentiment was that Duke's not going to lose four in a row. Coach K is getting ripped for uh, making fun of this uh, dweeb down at the Dookie-Pukie land. They're going to come out firing. They're at home. It's on the four-letter network. And and, uh, while they did not come out firing – uh, at least to the point where it wasn't a double-digit blowout like an old dookie Puke team would have done. They did win, and they did cover the spread. They won by 7, thanks to Georgia Tech fouling with 4 seconds left down 6, and they sent uh, Duke to the free-throw line for a cheapy free-throw. So they end up covering the number there. So that that's another one. Uh, Drake last night, you know, they've covered every single line game this year. They've won every game. They're 14-0, now 11-0 and against the spread. They've had a couple of games without lines on them. So... You know, again, you're going to bet against a team that's covered every single game at 10-0 and 0 against the spread, of course. Now, you got to play Drake, right? They're only laying three and a half. Sure enough, they win 68-61. So, across the board, for the most part, the only one that didn't come in. uh, And North Carolina, you know, against Pittsburgh, same thing. You know, I know Pittsburgh's got a decent little program. Don't get me wrong, you know, with Jamie Dixon, although he's gone now, but, you know, they're, they're a respectable team, but still it's North Carolina. You know, North Carolina is supposed to beat the crap out of Pittsburgh, and they did. The only one that really didn't come in last night was the over or was the under on LSU Texas AM. Uh, AM had gone 10 straight games with the under hitting. 10. That's a lot. It was a buck 40 and a half, which was a high number. These two teams played a couple of weeks ago when they only reached 131. So they were begging you to take the under. They were, and sure enough, the game went over by a couple of points. Let me see, because I have not looked at the box score in the play-by-play of this one. So let me just, just out of curiosity's sake, because it went over by uh, two or three, depending on the line you got, but it went to 144. Uh, Let's see how many points they scored in the last minute or so real quickly before the break. Um, Was it a bad beat? Eh, not really. They scored three points, and yeah, it was 75-66 with over a minute left. So, no, it really wasn't a bad beat. So that was the one that actually went over. All right, the uh, opposite picks coming up on this uh, Wednesday morning in a little bit. Four four eight four three six eight seven nine. 6879 our toll-free telephone number, 12 minutes past the hour. Opposite picks coming up in about uh, 30 minutes. We generally try and do it at the uh, 6.40 Eastern time mark every single day. A little consistency there. So uh, we got a couple of winners there, including a great, great trend that's in play in college basketball tonight. So uh, you won't want to miss that. Our poll question, MLB voters failed to vote in Curt Schilling yesterday to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, He got screwed Seventy over 70% of the vote. Uh, Good, hate his politics at uh, 11%. Who cares? I hate Major League Baseball at 11%. And uh, good, he wasn't that good at 8%. You 8%. I mean, listen, I'll understand you hate his politics. I think you're wrong for not putting him in the Hall of Fame because of that. But if you don't think he was a good enough pitcher to be in the Hall of Fame, then you're kidding yourself. I don't know what, uh, Kurt Schilling, you were watching. As we mentioned, uh, first hour. You know, 16 votes shy of the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's, you know, the number of pitchers that are in the Hall, and I don't like playing that game, but for him it's an overwhelming amount. 12 Hall of Fame pitchers have a higher ERA. 30 Hall of Fame pitchers have less wins than Kurt Schilling. 47 Hall of Fame pitchers have more losses than Kurt Schilling 67 Hall of Fame pitchers have less strikeouts than Kurt Schilling he was 11 and two in the postseason his era was barely over two he's the remarkable player in which as good as his regular seasons numbers were they were even better in the postseason when you really get tested I mean he got won three World Series he beat the Stankies in the World Series he won two World Series with the Red Sox like no one ever does that I mean he picked in a steroid era, and yet his ERA was a respectable three and change. I mean, you, you can't sit there and tell me he wasn't a Hall of Fame pitcher. Over th- over 200 wins, 216. I mean, come on. You know, you want to hate his politics, you want to hate the person, go okay knock yourself out, you have that right. But don't sit there with a straight face and tell me, baseball writers of America, that he's not a Hall of Fame pitcher. Not when you have that many more pitchers in the Hall of Fame in which their numbers are inferior to Curt Schilling. You can't sit there and tell me that you can have literally 20, 30, 40 other pitchers in the hall that have inferior numbers, and yet you're going to hold Schilling to a higher standard, you know, performance-wise. That's just dumb. You know, and that's where it's sad. It's a media-run thing. It is. It's their whole kit and caboodle. They can do whatever the fudge they want. It's got nothing to do with MLB, as crazy as that sounds. It's all done by the media. So it's their game. you got to play by their rules. But the media should not be that much involved in putting people into the Hall of Fame. That they, they just shouldn't. Or maybe Major League Baseball should just say, screw you, we're going to have our own Hall of Fame. You know what? You want your, your media Hall of Fame? Knock yourself out. But we're going to have our own Hall of Fame. I would have the Veterans Committee, and I wouldn't make it necessarily veterans. I would have, you know, give me 100, forget about 400, give me 100 of the, the top players in each era and let those guys vote and then we'll know you know um, uh, enough that you won't have favorites getting in that you actually have, have you know a majority of people think you're a Hall of Fame player but people that actually know the game whether it's players managers you know the media—they're obviously biased. They—they they just are. You can't sit there and tell me. And again, I want to find out the people that voted in Barry Bonds and uh, and and all the other Reuters. Not that they got in, but I want to know the players and or the uh, the voters that voted for them to get in, but not Kurt Schilling. You know that—that's where it's like, how does that make any sense? You're gonna vote in a Reuter, really? You're gonna sit there and try and tell me that that's okay? Cheat the game, cheat your numbers, cheat the fans. Uh, lie to the world, that's okay, but if you're a Republican, well, we can't put you in a Hall of Fame. That's pathetic. That that, that really is pathetic. And I'm telling you, I hope that uh, these two clowns in particular, Bonds and Roger Clemens, don't get in. They got just under 62% of the vote, pretty much the same as what they got last time. They're on the ballot one more year, although they can go to the Veterans Committee. That's where I'm a little concerned with those guys. For Schilling, it'll be a good thing. Uh, not wanting Bonds and Clemens and Sosa and all the others, Palmero in, that's where I get a little worried. And it is funny, isn't it? Like, I really would like to sit. I saw the list of voters. Uh, there's 401 that cast ballots this year. And some of these guys haven't been to a baseball game in, in decades. But I want, why is it that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get support, but Sammy Sosa doesn't? You know, Rafael Palmero is not even on a list anymore. Nothing. You know, you look at Rafi's numbers, and guy's phenomenal. He'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, Sosa, phenomenal. First ballot Hall of Famer, 500 home runs. Uh, So you want to say, well, it's because of the Reuters, guy. Okay, that's fine. I'm in that uh, ballpark with you. But then why are Bonds and Clemens getting the support? Why are you supporting these Reuters but not the other guys? Seems to me if you're going to support the Reuters, you're going to support the Reuters, right? I mean, we know – you know, you could sit there and say, well, we really don't know Scott with Clemens. I mean, I know his best friend said he was doing roids, you know. But, you know, Clemens still says no, so you yeah, really, I mean, okay. But you know about Bonds. You you know he was a roider. He admitted to it. He never admitted to knowingly taking the roids. Of course not. You know, your head is as big as a, you know, a balloon. But, you know, okay, you didn't know you were on roids. Uh, but we know he was on them in the cream um, you know, his own former girlfriend said he was taking it. But okay, but but at least we know without a shadow of a doubt he was on it. Whether he knew he was taking it, you can believe what you want to believe. So, and, and then listen to last time I checked, Sammy Sosa never failed the drug test, you know. So we don't know categorically 100% he was on roids. So why are you voting in Bonds and Clemens when you have these other Reuters that aren't getting any support? It, that that's the, the hypocrisy, the inconsistency that the, the voting has. I mean, you're either going to vote the Reuters in or you're not. I, I, I don't get it. You know, so I'm hoping that they don't get in. But I am concerned. They're on the ballot one more year, as Schilling is. That last year's always a toughie because that's when the sentiment for these voters gets a little weak. It's like, eh, you know, we punished them long enough. And, uh, you know, we're being more and more acceptable to Reuters. So, ah, why not, you know? Uh, So that's a concern. And then when it goes to the Veterans Committee, you know, some of those players say, yeah, you know what, I was doing roids too. (laughs) Who's kidding who? You know, I was sticking needles in my ass. You know, I was hanging around, uh, you know, the Yankee locker room every single day. So, you know what, Uh, I was doing it, he was doing it, so we'll put Bonds and Clemens in because not like they were doing it and no one else was. I'm I'm a little worried about that. But these guys should not be in the Hall of Fame. They really should. And and for no other reason – And we've been down this road a zillion times, but obviously he came up yesterday. I'm not putting in any Reuter in the Hall of Fame, one, but I'm certainly not putting any Reuter in the Hall of Fame that's lying to me. I, I I just can't do it. You know, Clemens knows he's lying. We know Clemens is lying. Clemens knows we know he's lying. We know Bonds is lying. Don't 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 tell me that you know you go from Pittsburgh uh, to San Francisco. You know you start growing muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. You know your head is as big as my wife's ass, and and you you don't know you're on roids, really? Please, are you what, are you kidding me? Come on, don't lie to me. Don't 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 don't. You want to tell me everyone was doing it? Okay, that'll be your excuse. But until these guys come clean. Until Sosa comes clean, until uh, you know all the others, Clemens and Bonds, you know, pick them out. Until they say, "Yeah, I was on onroids," I was. You know what? It was the it was the new thing. It was the in thing. Uh, there were no rules. Everyone was doing it. I'm not going to name names, but we all know everyone was doing it. So I said, "Why not?" Until they come clean, I'm not rewarding them by putting them in a the Hall of Fame. I can't do it. I can't sit there with a straight face and have Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds lie to me. They know they're lying to me. And then reward them by putting them in the Hall. Can't do it. So I hope the uh, committee has enough character next year to keep them out one more year. And then we'll take our chances with the Veterans Committee. But, you know, that lack of character that no doubt we'll see next year uh, showed its ugly face this year by not putting Curt Schilling in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that is an absolute. You can't give me five pitchers that you'd rather have pitching in a playoff game than Curt Schilling. And with the numbers he has, embarrassing. I've been I'm embarrassed for my cohort that they wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame because of his politics. That's a that's a shame. Opposite picks, twenty one past the hour. Scott Weston said yes I'm Taking you right up until seven a.m. Eastern time. Five past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in on this uh, Wednesday morning, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. 844-843-6879. Ops oh, of picks coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Had someone on the, the YouTube chat there suggest that Rafael Palmero was a mediocre ball player before the Roids. First off, you really don't know when he was taking the Roids. I, but I do believe most of these guys took it at the tail end of their career. Or maybe midway through. I, you know, he's never said when. There was a pretty good, uh, I gotta give credit where credit is due, 40 uh, or 30 for 30 with the four letter network. They were doing one on SEC baseball and they had a reunion uh, with um, Palmero and a couple of his former uh, teammates. And in that, um, you know, he kind of confessed to it all that he took it and. It was pretty revealing, and then that finger-pointing thing he had, that was under the uh, suggestion of his lawyer, don't admit it, this, that, whatever. So it was actually pretty good. But, no, I mean, listen, make no mistake about it. He he was a Hall of Fame player. Guy had 3,000 hits and over 500 uh, home runs. Uh, You can count on one hand how many guys have done that. 3,020 hits, uh, 569 home runs, had 100 RBIs, in a season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times – Hit three hundred six times, ended up being a 288 lifetime hitter. But in his prime, he was a 300 hitter. Now, was he helped out playing in Texas and Baltimore? Absolutely. I mean, you talk about two just band boxes where the ball just flies out. I mean, those are two great facilities. And then early on with the Cubs, uh, to be playing in. But even if you compensate an extra 10, 15, even even 20 percent, he's still going to have about 2,800 hits. He's still going to have over 500 home runs. He's still going to have, you know, how many years of 100 RBIs, and, uh, you know, maybe the batting average dips a little bit, but no, he he was, you know, unless you want to tell me he was on roids his entire career, and I don't think that's the case, but he was absolutely a Hall of Famer, and he's not even on the ballot anymore. You look at who's on the ballot. Schilling got 285, he got 71%, Bonds got 248, Clemens 247, so they're right around 61%. Scott Rowland got 212 votes. Don't, don't tell me Scott Rowland's a Hall of Fame player, please, come on. I mean, you can't sit there. Again, I'd like to know the people that voted in Scott Rowland. I'll deal with Omar Vizquel. Uh I happen to think Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. I'll even deal with Todd Helton playing in Colorado. His numbers are phenomenal. They are, and his numbers were pretty good on the road. So I'll deal with him. Uh, but then it goes, you know, don't, don't give me Scott Rowland. Don't give me Gary Sheffield. He was a Reuter as well. Andrew Jones was a nice player. He's not a Hall of Famer. I'll even deal with Jeff Kent, believe it or not, considering he was a second baseman. Uh, you know, Manny got 113 votes. Sammy only got 68. So, again, how are 248, 47 people voting Bonds and Clemens, but they're not giving Sammy Sosa or even Manny Ramirez? You want to talk about numbers. Now, again, now we know Manny was doing it. Okay, but, you know, we know that those other guys were doing it as well. How could you think Barry Bonds is the Hall of Fame or, or Roger Clemens, but not Manny Ramirez? I'm telling you, Manny was the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. Really was. Carlos Skrzemski, lefty, and Manny righty. Uh, you know, 500 home runs, 2,500 hits. Lifetime 312 batting average. Was he doing the roids later on in his career? Yeah, I I don't doubt it. But I've always said that was because he was pissed off at the Red Sox because they didn't pick up his contract. And he wanted a new monster deal with L.A. And that's when he ended up getting caught. I don't think all of a sudden you turn stupid. Uh, You know, you're stupid as stupid is. You know, if he was going to be doing roids and be caught with the Dodgers and Tampa Bay, then he would have gotten caught with the Red Sox. But he didn't. So, I don't think he was doing Reuters back then. So, But why would he get so few votes, but the other Reuters got that many? You know, Andy Pettit, 55. People always debate Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was a two-time Reuter. What are you you kidding me? He threw his father under the bus saying he got Reuters from his dad. Uh, You know, whether it was there to help him pitch or whether it was there to help him recover from surgery. Who cares? He's a Reuter. There's no debate on whether he should get in. None whatsoever. So... And then you're gonna have next year a uh, big poppy, you know, gonna be eligible, and and then and, uh, Aroyd. Now there's no way Alex Rodriguez is getting in, but uh, David Ortiz, yes. And I know you know Stanky fans want to yell and scream and say, oh, you know, he was on Royd. We don't know that. Uh, whether he was on the list, we don't know that either. And whether he knowingly was taking it, we don't know that. So, but very disgusted, very very you know uh, upset with the fact that uh, Schilling didn't get in. How about USA Today's Bob Nightingale? pretty good baseball guy, right? So I believe his stuff, I've had him on the program a few times, says the Mets are offering Trevor Bauer a contract that may not be as long as the stanky nine-year deal they gave Garrett Cole, but he says the average annual value is higher than Cole's $36 million. Wow. I would be surprised. I'm not saying he's wrong because, like I said, he's pretty good. He's pretty, you know. He's not one uh, that I've seen to make up stories, unlike uh, you know, or steal stories. You, <clears throat> Jeff Passan. So, if that's the case, how much are you paying this guy? What do you offer him? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight, forty million dollars? Trevor Bauer, you know, Bird Brain. Trevor Bauer, you're gonna put him in New York? Oh. Ugh. <laughs> What do you got to commit? What three, four years? You got to believe it's at least four, right? I mean, Bauer can't be so stupid. I know at one point he said he only would sign one year contract, but that went out the window when his agent got to him and said, What are you, dope? You You know, you've had basically one good year. I mean, you talk about a pitcher that is overrated. You know, you we debate Hall of Fame stuff and everything else, and obviously he's not a Hall of Famer, but you, you talk about a guy that really is just not that good statistically, anyway. That's Trevor Bauer. I mean, the Mets would be just dopes if they brought this guy in. He's had one good year. One. 2017, when he went 17 and nine. You want to go 12 and six the following year? All right, I'll give you that. ERA, uh, two and a half, uh, really 2.21. I'll give you that. So back to back, 17 and nine, 12 and six, 2017 18. You know, last year uh, with the Reds, five and four. In 2019, a combined 11 and 13. He's 75 and 64, pitching, you know, in the American League, National League, with an ERA close to four. I mean, this this guy's an average pitcher. You know, his ERA was phenomenal this last year, uh, despite only going five and four, 1.73. I'll give you that, but I'm not giving a guy who's been in the majors for nine years. He's 30 years old, so it's not like he's young and up and coming. He is what he is. You know, 5 and 8, 11 and 12, 12 and 8, 17 and 9, 12 and 6. Okay, 11 and 13, 2 and 5, 5 and 4. You're going to give that guy, what, $40 million a year for three, four years? and he's a bird brain, and you're going to put him with the New York media? What Are you crazy? This is the same Mets team that, you know, wouldn't hire Carlos Beltran because he was involved in, uh, you know, Spygate, and they, you know, couldn't hire a general manager because he was texting, you know, 50,000 years ago. a female reporter and then that, that you know is against the rules even though they got an owner that by the way was fined billions of dollars for his illegal doings with his company with Wall Street that's okay but whatever but you're going to you you you're, you're, you're going to bring a guy like Bauer into that situation and, and what Matt Finn? you're going to bitch and complain or ownership or management you're going to complain when this guy turns into the bird brain that he is A free spirit will will be nice. You know, and that's okay. I'm into free spirits. I'm not necessarily even putting him down, but I I wouldn't want him on my baseball team, one, because he's not that good, and two, put him with the New York market when he has a couple of bad games. Oh, my, you talk about just asking for trouble. You got to be dopes to do that. Go have Pittsburgh. Go have San Diego. Go have some other team. Uh, that doesn't have the scrutiny that the Mets have every single day going up against the Stankys. Oh, my goodness. Anything more than a two-year deal, the Mets are crazy. And anything more than $25 million, $35, $40 maybe million for a guy who's basically a 500 pitcher, oh, that's nuts. That, that you, you just, again, you scratch your head sometimes and you just say, wow, what, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Um, you know, it's amazing. We didn't get into this too much, but I planned on doing this today. We got kind of caught up on the gambling stuff, but it is remarkable. Now, Baltimore, the Ravens' GM Eric DaCosta said yesterday that he wants to sign Lamar Jackson to a, a longtime contract extension. i only been in the league three years. They have him locked in for at least two, and you can always franchise him, you know, one year uh, without getting crushed. So realistically, they have him under their control for three more years. There really is no reason to give him an extension to now. But Kansas City did it last year with uh, with Mahomes. Now, I have more confidence in Mahomes being good than I do Lamar Jackson over the long haul. But that said, they don't have to, but they want to get it done. Okay, fine. I start thinking about it, and I said to myself, myself, I can't remember another NFL offseason in which there are so – so many quarterback issues around the league. I mean, think about it. What's Dallas going to do with Dak Prescott? What's Washington going to do? They have no quarterback. Uh, what's Philadelphia going to do? Is it going to be Carson Wentz or or is it not? Uh, even to a lesser extent, the Giants and Daniel Jones. Now, he will be the starter, I suppose, but Giant fans, will they know he, he sucks. You're not winning with Daniel Jones. You're not. Detroit's looking to part ways with Matthew Stafford. Chicago has parted ways with Mitch Trubisky. He's a free agent. They have Nick Foles on their roster, but that's not exactly secure. Colts don't have a quarterback. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Patriots don't have a quarterback. Jets aren't sold on Sam Darnold at all. Dolphins are apparently sold on Tua Tags, but Dolphin fans like myself will tell you Tua sucks. We know that. So... There's what? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. There's 11 teams right there that really don't know if they're coming or going quarterback wise. And you could probably throw in maybe one or two more if you want to expand it a little bit. I mean, 11, you got about a dozen teams that are really looking to make some moves at the quarterback position. That's a lot. Who's in play? You got Mitch Trubisky? He's an unrestricted free agent. I think someone will bring him in. Out of all the guys, I I think somebody will. You got Jameis Winston. I think someone's going to give him a shot to be a starter. You have Cam Newton again. You got Blake Bortles out there. There's not a whole heck of a lot, though. A lot more opening than there are pretty good quarterbacks, I'll tell you that. music means time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks, you newbies still ask? Well, we give you 7,000 reasons why we like one team and then go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas and FanDuel. On the season so far, 41 up, only 25 down, even though we did take a little dip yesterday going just two and four, but still solid 16 games over 500. Wow, can't beat that. All right, we got a six-pack of games for you tonight. We'll start in the NBA. Pick number one, Orlando, land one versus Sacramento. What's all the love for the Queens? I mean, Sacramento has no business being basically pick them on the road. This club sucks. They lost 4 of 5, 6 of 8, 9 of 12, and now they're only getting one point at Orlando, which is coming off a nice win over Indiana. Love the magic to beat up Sacramento, who is playing just their sixth road game this year versus 11 home games. Kind of a quirky schedule for the uh, Kings, who are only 1-4 on the road so far this season. And again, you're getting them at basically pick them. What are you kidding me? No way. Love Orlando tonight. Give me Sacramento plus the one. Pick number two, college basketball, Fordham plus seven versus Duquesne. Ah, yes, one of our favorite betting systems in play here. It's the famous coaches fired system, which is in play on any team the first game after its head coach is fired. Rams fired their head coach yesterday, now facing Duke's team that's only three and five, yes, themselves, including one and four. It's last five. However, they have no business being a seven-point road favorite over Topeka High, for goodness sakes. Never mind a Division One program, albeit a bad Division I program. It's a system play. Play on the coach's fired system, Fordham Rams. It'll be Duquesne laying the seven. Pick number three, Seton Hall plus one and a half versus Creighton. Showdown in the Big East between two of the top teams and not only the conference but the country as well. Hall slipped up a little bit losing two of three with one of the losses coming at the hands of the same Blue Jays team. So why play them, Scott? Because they lost that game by 36 points, 36 by far their worst loss of the season and the career of head coach Kevin Miller for Seton Hall. The momentum and the moment that game was over, they circled this game looking for revenge. And they will get it tonight. Creighton 1-8 against the spread versus teams with same season revenge of a 25-point loss or more. Love Seton Hall at home getting a point and a half. Give me Creighton laying one and a half. Pick number four, Batek plus one at Notre Dame. Well, this line makes no sense at all. None whatsoever. Are you kidding me? Notre Dame is a favorite, albeit at home and only by one point, but against Virginia Tech? I mean, that's nuts. Virginia Tech is good. They're 11-3 with one of those wins being by 14 points over the same Irish team, which is bottomed out this year. They're 5-8, and eight, including just 2-4 and four at home against real teams. Now, keep in mind, this is Notre Dame uh, basketball, not football. No uh, win-1 for the Gipper here. This Notre Dame basketball team stinks. Never won a big game in his coaching career. Mike Bray is not going to win tonight. I love Virginia Tech getting the road win here. Give me Notre Dame minus the one. Pick number five, Wisconsin lane three at Maryland. Oh, I love, 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 love looking for teams in this spot. The better team, Wisconsin, upset by their opponent, Maryland, earlier this season. That's the case here as Whiskey lost at home, no less, to the Turtles back in December. They circled this game, just like Seton Hall. They circled this game the moment that one ended. They want revenge. Uh, the Terps just 5-7 straight up their last 12 games. They're a mediocre basketball team at best. Badgers, meanwhile, are 12-4 this season, making 13-4 tonight. I love laying Wisconsin only 3 against Maryland. Give me Maryland, plus the three. Final pick of our six-pack, Clemson laying one versus Boston College. You know, I know the Clemson Tigers have lost three straight, and when I say lost, I'm being kind. they got gotten walloped by 18, 19, and 25 points in those games. So why play them, Scott? Because Boston College sucks, and I mean sucks. At least Clemson was good, nationally ranked at one point before their recent struggles. But Boston College, brutal. including a 38-point loss to god-awful Syracuse. Again, Clemson has lost three in a row, but they can beat Boston College blindfolded, for goodness sakes. I mean, I'm getting the better team at home at near-pick'em odds? (laughs) This is just too easy. Love Clemson tonight laying just one. Give me Boston College plus the one. Our six-pack of winners for this Wednesday, opposite picks. One NBA game, five college hoop games. Sacramento in the NBA plus one. Duquesne laying seven going against our fired system play. Uh, Creighton laying one and a half. Notre Dame minus one. Maryland plus three. And it pains me to say it, but give me Boston College plus the one. Our opposite picks on this uh, Wednesday, January 27th. Uh, Yeah, two and four yesterday. Uh, We lost with the Knicks plus eleven, Wizards plus two and a half, Pittsburgh plus three and a half, and uh, Missouri State plus four and a half against Drake. And we won with the Dookie Pukies laying five and a half. As they won by seven, and the uh, over, and the uh, Texas A&M game, so two and four yesterday, but still not bad. Forty-one and twenty-five. You're gonna have little dips. You're not gonna have a winning night every single night, damn near close to every single night, but uh, you will have a couple of days where it's uh, it's tough betting against the teams that you really like, especially when you lose. It, it is, but uh, you know what? That's just the nature of the beast. You're gonna have some of those nights. So, uh, but keep uh, you know keep going, uh, be uh, go opposite or go either way. You know, but. Pick one and don't, don't flip-flop back and forth. You'll drive yourself nuts if you if you do that. A uh, decent little slate of NBA games tonight. You know If you go to FanDuel and check out some of the lines there, uh, as we like to do after the opposite pick segment here, let's uh, you know, check out what's going on NBA-wise. you got a full slate of games. Um, what do we got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 games tonight, including Utah laying just four against Dallas. Boy, amazing. This is a great example of how, you know, the, the boys in Vegas fan duel, they, they know all seemingly, right? But they do like to tempt fate. And that they don't buy into the greatest sports axiom of all time, and that's winners bet with streaks and losers bet against streaks. And that Utah has now won nine in a row, and they've covered nine in a row. They're at home. And they're playing at this point anyway, a mediocre Dallas team. The Dallas has not picked up where they left off last year, playoff wise. They have struggled this year. And yet, Utah, despite playing great basketball, covering the spread, and yet they're only a four point home favorite. I mean, how's that possible? They're playing the Mavericks, who, I again, I mentioned mediocre to begin with. They're not playing good. They, they've lost five of their last seven. They're on the road. I, I mean, that, that line makes no sense. You would think, right, you'd have the hot team at home. That line would be at least six, if not seven. But, they, they, you know, most people will bet against the streak. That That's really it. So they put that number low, and people thinking, ah, there's no way the Jazz are going to win again. It's not possible, you know. Crazy. It really is. So uh, you got to play Utah. I'm surprised I didn't play that one tonight. I, I should have uh, put that back. You know why? Because I put my picks together before the uh, Jazz game. When I was doing the picks, the Jazz were losing. So I figured the streak was going to end last night. So you may want to throw Utah in there as as well, uh, or Dallas as the opposite pick. Uh, what else we got tonight? You know, Cleveland, Detroit, nah, no big deal there. Sacramento, Orlando, Magic Lane, uh, half, you know, one point, as I told you, with the opposite picks. I don't understand that line at all. Charlotte at home you got a lot of small favorites at home. You have the Lakers laying two and a half against Philadelphia. That's not bad, but you know, good luck on that one. You got to find out if the is playing for Philadelphia. Then you always got to find out if uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron are playing for the Lakers. Uh, that makes it very, very difficult. You go so, with the uh, the Atlanta Hawks under again. They hit again last night. Uh, it wasn't even close to going over. So the Hawks now are how many unders in a row here? Uh, a little stretch of 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 11 and 2 under with one of those two overs going over because the game went to overtime. So for all intents and purposes after regulation, the Hawks are 12 and 1 under. 12 and 1. Now Brooklyn can't uh you know they they don't play any defense whatsoever. None whatsoever. But they are coming off that 85 uh, point performance against Miami the other night. So um they have a rash of over. Wow, look at the overs for the Heat, uh, for the Nets. Talk about battle of uh, opposite trends. How many overs have the Nets had? Holy fudge. 11, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve and one. I didn't realize that. My bad. I mean, I knew I- I'd been playing overs on the Nets, but I didn't realize before that Heat game, they had gone 12 straight overs. Wow. So, you got a team that's 12 and 1 over their last 13 games going up. I, I bet this hasn't happened in, 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 in eons. Going up against a team that's 12 and 1 under after regulation their last 13 games. How weird is that? That's pretty funny. Nets are 12 and 1 over their last 13 and the Hawks are 12-1 and one under after regulation, because the one game did go over with the overtime. But after regulation, 12-1 and one under their last 13. So who's going to win out? Well, the number is big. I would say the Hawks, to tell you the truth, um, you know, because it, it, another thing with, with uh, Vegas, you know, they've not really adjusted those lines on Atlanta games. They're still in the 220s, high, not high 20s, in this game, 237. Is it going to be a scoring fact? No, I don't know. I, I would go with the under on that one. But isn't that? I I can't remember that ever being not that much. You know, seven and one, eight and one, nine and one, yeah. But twelve and one under versus twelve and one over. How funny is that? Uh, Lakers laying two and a half at Philly. Uh, you got Denver laying five and a half at Miami. That Heat team, boy, I tell you what, you talk about a go against team. The reputation and everything, else, everything they accomplished last year, getting to the finals. Uh, they're a 500 basketball team. Uh, they can't get out of their own shadow. They really can't. You got the the Wiz, which played. Uh, in Houston last night, flying to New Orleans—not a far trip, but still back-to-back games. Celtics laying three and a half at uh at San Antonio—that's not too too bad. And Golden State plays Minnesota again. You know the the lines are big, but you got to keep playing against the teacups. Uh, they're awful. They have now lost, well, on the season for the most part. They won- they actually won their first two games. Since then, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, 10, 11 12 they've lost 12 of 14. 12 of 14 and they haven't covered very many of those a handful One, two, three, four, five. five of those other than that they have been just monster double digit losses I mean just embarrassing we've been 22 last time out uh 18 uh 11 you know get get 18 uh you know 17 15. Back to I hate these little back-to-backers, though. They played Golden State. They lost by 22 on Monday. Are they going to lose again by double digits? You know, you can't put American money on Minnesota, I'll tell you that. So it's either yes or no, obviously. But um, that that does make it tough. It, it does, asking a team to kick the crap out of a, a team back-to-back games like that. How You know, how bad uh, are the teacups? We'll find out tonight. So... But a uh, pretty decent slate of, uh, of uh, NBA games, for sure. I right, we'll close up shop next. We'll update the poll question one more time at opposite picks, and uh, we'll run down some stories that we didn't have time to, to get into too, too much. Right here on a Wednesday morning, coming up on 54 past the hour, Scott Webster, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204 All right, let us update the poll question one more time uh, before we are through. And that is Kurt uh, Schilling last night getting screwed by the voters, uh, not getting into the Hall of Fame. 74% say, yep, he got screwed. Uh, you got 9% say, good, he wasn't that uh, that good as a pitcher. Good, I hate his politics. Getting 9% as well, and then uh, the proverbial who cares at uh, 7% for Major League Baseball. All right, a couple of stories here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know what? Uh, CEO uh, Mark Murphy was asked on a radio station WNFL in Green Bay about whether Rodgers will be back next year. Uh, he responded, we're not idiots, Aaron Rodgers will be back, he's our leader. And I say this to Mark Murphy, really? You're not idiots, huh? Did you watch your head coach this past Sunday, go for a field goal with two minutes left? Uh, did you watch your GM on draft day, draft a quarterback in the first round? You, you sure you guys aren't idiots? <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Les Snead, GM of the Rams, says that uh, you know he's not sure about the future. Jared Goff, saying he's our quarterback right now. I hate to break it to uh, Les, but he's got a $65 million cap hit. Yes, $65 million. Uh, if he's not on this football team next year. Uh, he'll be on the football team of the L.A. Rams next year. Nobody can take that kind of hit. How about uh, Jake Piazza? He's that uh, goofy little uh, college reporter down in Pukie, uh, Dookie Pukie Lamb. So, uh wrote in his article yesterday that uh, Coach K called him, says, Our call was short, but the sincerity of it and his apology was genuine, and in the end, I appreciate that. Listen, kid, you're getting to be a dweeb here. You know, you went from being the sentiment, you know, uh, f- people feel sorry for you, to now really kind of overextending it. You know, you sent out the tweet. No one would have heard of this. You know, he. you talk about having your 15 minutes of fame, and now you're going like, to kind of throw it in Sheshevsky's in, uh, face that it was only a couple minutes. I told you, I'm not the biggest Sheshevsky fan at all. If I was. Him, I would have said, "Too bad." You know what? Shut up and deal with it. You want to ask me a dopey question? You get a dopey response. Man up, there, Jake. Great job by everyone involved. We'll do it all again tomorrow, right here on Opposite Picks on Sirius XM Channel 204. Enjoy your Wednesday, folks.